Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Somebody right now, help me say thank you to everybody who makes everything happen, will you? All our worship team, I'm so thankful. Prayer people, hospitality people, frontline folks, the donut suppliers, those are important. Yes. Yes. Oh, I faced it this way. I'm sure many of you have been looking and yearning, especially those online, have been thinking, wow, I'm so sinning by being envious of Pastor Dav's cool mug. And uh, I feel it. I feel the, the, the gravity of your envy at me. But uh, you're right. It is a very cool mug. And, it is, uh, and the only reason why I'm using it is because it's a BGMC giving barrel. And it's, uh, I'm being a good, a supportive lead pastor of our children's missionary giving. That's right. It's not at all because it's just a really cool mug. Mm-hmm. Yes, the kids could have earned it by earning points in church, but I felt it was a better use. So I extracted it. Hey, it's Pentecost weekend. Oh, okay, 10 a.m. You've redeemed yourself. All right. Okay, but I got to tell you, next week we're going back to that Revelation 7, so I better see some more happy. All right? Okay. So as we celebrate Pentecost uh, across the world uh, as a church at large who is grateful that God has given us His Spirit. Yes. We celebrate Pentecost as a, as a local church who honors the Holy Spirit and delights in His influence in our lives. Yes. And, we honor the, and we celebrate Pentecost as some who are... Who, who, on one hand, are just hungry for more of the Spirit's influence, and as others who the Lord delights in who are hungry, who might feel like you may feel like or not believe that you've walked into the fullness of this. But here's what you have to know. The Lord fills the hungry with good things. God loves hungry folk. I'm very personally grateful for that. As such, we're turning to a text this morning that has the, the dynamic of speaking to an audience who has received the Spirit and yet urges that audience to not be content with their present level of the Spirit's influence in their lives. And I feel like that is a perfect expression to us People who have experience and perhaps some varying degrees of familiarity with the Holy Spirit, and yet all of us can respond to the urging to reject contentment with His present influence in our life and instead turn our affections and our actions toward focused and fervent desire for more. I'm looking for somebody to help me say more this morning. All right, here we are. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It's Paul writing to Timothy, and he says this, For this reason I remind you, who? You. So somebody say me. And let's just leap into the text and just hear Paul's. Paul is reminding us. He is urging us. In other words, he's told us this, and he's going to keep telling us. This is not a one-time learning thing. I'm reminding you. I've got, I haven't even started reading the text yet, and I don't have time to just get, but I get excited, and so it's the Bible. For this reason, I remind you. Whose job? Who's got to do something? 
I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I'm going to assume you're all feeling reverent and overwhelmed because 8.30 shouted me down at every word of that verse. And if you think I'm trying to turn you against each other, I'm trying to increase competition because competition is good, all right? The Spirit does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This verse tells us several things. I'm sure people are online right now just shouting us down from across the world. Tells us several things. Number one, God has given us His Spirit. We can, therefore, and should fan into flame the gift or stir up the gift of, or see to it that we increase the influence of His Spirit in our life. We also see that the Spirit produces courage. And the Spirit produces power. And the Spirit produces love. And the Spirit produces self-discipline. Courage, power, love, and discipline are all Pentecostal virtues. These are Pentecostal virtues. Therefore, we can, because we can, We should, and if we should, we must stir up the gift of God. Let's walk through those points together. The Holy Spirit is God's idea, God's desire, and God's promised and poured out gift. God has given us His Spirit. Hear the word of the Lord, Ezekiel 37, 14. I will put my Spirit in you and you will live. I will pour out my, Isaiah 44, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Joel 2.28, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. If you're looking for a common word here, it's the word will. This is God's will. Mark 1, verse 8, John the Baptist introducing the one who was to come, the Lord Jesus. John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Jesus speaking to his disciples. On on one occasion, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Lord enabled them. And then in hindsight, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and you also 
were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To be a follower of Jesus is to receive and to rely upon the Holy Spirit. God has given us His Spirit. We can receive the Spirit. We can receive this Spirit because the Spirit is a gift. He is God's will. So we receive the Spirit by faith. We receive the Spirit in prayer. Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give, Luke 11, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And we see in the text this morning, we also often experience the Spirit as people pray with us, as people lay hands on us. That's not an aggressive or a overwhelming. It is a point of contact and agreement that we agree together to share in the experience of the Lord. And God honors that. He honors those moments when we lay hands on one another and He fills us with His Spirit. At the close of the service today, we're going to create opportunity for people just to wait upon the Lord and for myself, my wife, and some of my team just to agree with you and to lay hands on you and ask God to touch you if that's what your heart desires. God has given us His Spirit. And because He has, we can and we should fan into flame. Would you say that with me? Fan into flame the gift of the Spirit. God gives the Spirit. But we are responsible for what we do with and how we respond to that gift. The language that Paul uses to describe the Spirit here in 2 Timothy is far. And if there's anything that a Pentecostal loves to talk about, it's far. And we spell it F-A-H-R. Far. The fact that Paul uses fire as a metaphor really is a greater invitation for us to understand and experience what he's talking about. We understand what it means to stir up a flame. Paul, literally, it's a command to do so. So, folks, we can. We can fan into greater heat and greater light the influence of the Spirit. The influence of the Spirit can be hotter and brighter in us. And if He can be, my God, He should be. If He can be, then my only response is, He must be. But we are responsible. We're responsible to respond in such a way that His influence increases. It's not automatic. It is intentional. How can we do so? How can we respond to the Lord in such a way that His influence increases in our life? Now, what's a little bit is that Paul doesn't exactly give us step one, step two, step three. He just uses the metaphor to instruct us. He doesn't give us a how-to, but because he uses this metaphor of a flame, we can understand how to respond to the Spirit by at least by trying to respond to Him in the same way that we would this metaphor. So we know this, that the Spirit then, like fire... Fire will increase. 
Fire will increase. You don't have to talk it into being increased. You never, no one has to beg fire. Oh, please be, be please spread. Oh, fire. Oh, fire. Fire isn't cautious. Fire isn't stingy. Fire isn't polite. Really, fire just goes for it. Fire goes wherever it can. Looking for somebody to help me preach this thing. Fire goes wherever it can. Fire doesn't go where it's hindered. If fire will spread, fire will go hotter and brighter, and it won't stop. As long as it has space, as long as it has fuel, and as long as it's not hindered, it will just get hotter and brighter. And I would add this, that the hotter and brighter it gets, the harder it is to stop. Really, the hotter and brighter it gets, the harder it is to stop. So, don't, number one, don't hinder the fire. Don't hinder the fire. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 literally says, don't quench the Spirit. Don't resist His influence. Don't resist His holy influence in your life. Don't resist, even specifically to Thessalonians, don't resist His charismatic activity or expression in your life. Don't resist the, the work of the Spirit. There are folks that get a little nervous. I, it's the most hilarious thing. I mean, it really is. If you think about the language that people use, well, we want to be careful. We don't want to let the Holy Spirit get too much in church. Well, you know it's His church, right? Well, we don't want too much Holy Spirit. Wait, what? What we mean is what people well, we do want more. What we mean is that sometimes people like you and me are fruitcakes. And let's just be honest, sometimes we're fruitcakes because we respond to the objective truth of the spirit in subjective flawed ways. We respond to the truth and beauty and power of the Spirit in our own humanity, and sometimes we, get, we, get, we go a little sideways or get a little confused or we get a little too loud or we get a little too whatever. But listen, a lot of that is the excess that comes with the Spirit. I, it is much easier to a little correct and a little clean up excess than it is to live in the poverty and famine of lack. It's much easier to say, well, we have too, we got too much rice. We got too much rice at our house. We got 17 boxes of rice, like she's a prepper or something. We got rice every, but it's much easier to go, you know, we got to do something with these extra boxes of rice than to be hungry. Don't quench the spirit. Don't resist him. Not through your disobedience, not through insensitivity, not through irreverence. And don't grieve the Spirit. Don't resist Him, don't quench Him, and don't grieve 
him. Ephesians 4.29, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't bring pain, grief, or sorrow to the Spirit of God. We do that. Don't, don't grieve him through immorality, impurities. Don't grieve him by being crass or harsh or reckless with your words or your attitudes. Those are things to avoid if we want to increase his influence. So don't hinder the flame, but fan it. Someone say, fan the flame. Fan the flame. <laughs> you know, you, I don't know how many, don't know how many times camping that you've been. There are times, or even barbecuing, you've got the coals, and you're like, for God, for the love of God and all that is holy, please light. And you're just doing, that's the idea. <laughs> we, I stopped using charcoal a long time ago. The last time I used a charcoal burner was when I dumped essentially the entire thing of lighter fluid on it in an attempt just to get it to burn. Aren't you glad we don't have to light our own fires? Aren't you glad that God is the one who gives us His Spirit? But we respond to that Spirit with the same happy, hungry, desperate enthusiasm. Fan it into flame. By all means, fan into flame. And give the flame fuel. How do we give Him fuel? There's no better, there is no better place than, and, and practice than prayer. No better. The Bible, here's, hear the word of the Lord. Pray, particularly in the Spirit. Jude 20 says, pray. Pray in the Spirit. Build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. First, that's 1 Corinthians 14, 4 tells us that we, when we speak in an unknown tongue, we edify. We literally are stirring up, building up ourselves. Ephesians 6.18, Paul tells us to pray at all times in the Spirit. Prayer, that place of prayer, and particularly prayer in the Spirit, as we wait upon the Lord with an awareness of the presence of God in honor and in reverence and in wonder and in intercession, there is no better place to meet with the hot embers of the presence of God than in the place of prayer. And I'm so thankful and, and honored by those who joined us in these last 10 days of Ascension Prayer, those who came faithfully just to pray and intercede for themselves and for this house. Pray and feed the fire of the Spirit in your life through the Word of God. Read your Bibles. Read them a lot. Read them out loud meditate on them, nourish yourself with them. Jeremiah says of the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, he said, his word in my heart is like a fire. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. A life of prayer and devotion to the word nourishes, it gives life and breath and fuel to the flame of God's spirit. But we can also learn from uh, what we said earlier, if it, we can assume that, we, that doing the opposite of quenching or the opposite of grieving the Spirit will likely increase His influence. So then we should be quick or even be eager to obey His promptings. We can fan into flame the gift of God by, being, by quickly and eagerly responding to His prompting. 
And we can seek to please him. Lord, I want to please you in my speech, in my attitudes, in my conduct. These kinds of things will help to get, we won't resist, but rather we'll give him space and give him honor. But Paul did tell us what to expect. He gave us some, some clues or some areas of focus. He tells us what the influence of the Spirit should look like in our life so we know what kinds of promptings to follow. We know what kinds of virtues which we should be expecting. We know where to aim our expectometer. And here's, where we, and here's what it is. Here's what the influence of the Spirit produces. Number one, the Spirit produces courage. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. To be timid means to be hesitant or to show a lack of courage. Timidity is flirtation with cowardice. This impulse is totally contrary to the influence of the Spirit. One of the most consistent refrains of the Old Testament begins in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. Hear the word of the Lord. He said this, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You want to say it with me? Be strong and courageous. Listen to the rest. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Here's why. There's a why. For the Lord your God goes with you. Courage, then, and strength are a direct result of an awareness of the presence of God. And if Pentecost is anything, it is an awareness of the immediate, powerful, tangible, loving, constant presence of God. He gives us courage. We have no fear of man. It's a snare. We are not people pleasers. We do not abstain from doing what is right because we are afraid of offending people or afraid of the reaction. Virtue is not won by those who withdraw because they even fear making a mistake. God has not given us the spirit of timidity. The spirit produces courage. And the spirit produces power. Hear the word of the Lord, Micah 3.8. But as for me, I am full of power. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. You should write that down in your house. That should be a sign somewhere, a post-it note, whatever you have to do. But as for me, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. And I don't even care how you feel. It's the Word, it's the word of God. You say it. You come into agreement with it until everything else changes and looks like it. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. This is God's word. This is God's will. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Jesus promises this, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This word power is that word dunamis. And it is spiritual vitality and it is divine ability. When we say the Holy Spirit gives us power, we are not saying that he, it, we are not, we are just absolutely not talking about human effort. 
We are talking about a power and an ability that is divine, that comes to us from, from outside us. It comes from heaven to us. That we might overcome sinful impulses. That we might confront and overcome evil and suffering. That we might have divine ability to obey Jesus fully. God has given us a spirit of power. And the spirit produces love. The Spirit produces love. Hear the word of the Lord, Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, the first of the expressions of the Spirit, Paul identifies the fruit of the Spirit, the produce, the overflow of His influence in our life is love. And unless we forget what love looks like and sounds like, here is what love looks like, Pentecostals. Love is patient. If the Spirit's influence is love, and we are people of the Spirit, then, we, then Pentecostals are patient. I'll finish it. Pentecostals are kind. Pentecostals do not envy. They do not boast. Pentecostals do not dishonor others. They are not self-seeking. They are not easily angered. They keep no record of wrongs. They do not delight in evil, but they rejoice in the truth. Roll up your sleeves, Pentecostals. Listen, Pentecostals always protect. They always trust. They always hope. They always persevere because love never fails. It never quits. The Holy Spirit produces in us the very love of God. So that in, according to 16, 14 of 1 Corinthians, we do everything in love. God has given us a spirit of love. And finally, the Spirit produces self-discipline. Always a little louder at fire than discipline. Say fire and you guys blow the roof off the joint. Self-discipline. The word means sober. It can be translated sound mind or self-control. The Holy Spirit's influence produces holy and healthy boundaries in our lives. The Spirit's influence does not result in frayed and fuzzy margins. The Spirit enables you and I to say yes to what is good and what is wise and what is right. And His influence enables us to say no to what is bad and foolish and wrong. Hear the word of the Lord. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. 
And while the fruit of the Spirit began with love, he concludes with this. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. God has given us a spirit of self-discipline. And hear this, my friends. All of these are necessary characteristics of the influence of the Spirit. All of these are Pentecostal virtues. Courage, power, love, discipline. This is not a multiple choice. You can't just choose A or B or C. You not even can't choose none of the above. These are, these are all necessary. None of these are optional. Courage, power, love, and discipline are all needed to stand up and to speak up and to resist and to reject the slaughter of babies and the butchery of pre-adolescence and the perversion of broken adults. It will take courage and power and love and discipline to stand up and speak up and resist and reject the seduction of a culture that is given to sensual indulgence. It will take courage and power and love and discipline to stand up and speak up and resist and reject the effort to confuse and to corrupt the identity and the destiny of a generation. It will take courage and power and love and discipline to stay the course, to remain faithful, to remain fervent, and to love the Lord Jesus with all of our being and to love one another as ourself and to love each other as Christ has loved us. It will take courage and power and love and discipline to remain patient in hope joyful in trial, to live with gratitude in our hearts and praise in our lips and with the power of the gospel in our hands. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God that will save everyone who believes. Therefore, we can and we should fan into flame the gift of God. We know what to expect. We know what the Spirit's influence should look like. So this gives us a gauge to measure and to, to look at our lives and to, and to focus our affections and our fervencies and our, 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 our lives in such a way. Friends, if timidity has gained a hold in your life, it's time to fan into flame the gift of God. If you lack power to fully obey Jesus or overcome the devil, if you have been collecting more excuses than claiming victories, if you tolerate lovelessness, loveless words, loveless actions, loveless attitudes, if you've created an environment in your heart or your mouth or your life where that is crass, or rude, or entitled, or cynical. If your boundaries have fractured, you've been saying yes to the wrong things. You've accommodated what you have not, you should not. 
if you've become indulgent instead of disciplined. Today, we must fan into flame the gift of God. And likewise, because we know what His influence looks like, it gives us motivation and focus to be fervent in our desire for more. Because we know what His influence looks like, it gives us inspiration, motivation, passion to be fervent in our focus for more. Let us do everything. Let us do everything to respond to the Spirit in such a way that His influence burns hotter. That His light burns brighter. That we might live in such a way as to continually experience and express His influence in our lives. Because God has given us His Spirit. And we must fan it into flame. This morning I'm going to ask us to stand together and lift our voices in song. Just create an altar out of this room. But even as we're singing this chorus, even the first time, if you are sensing the nudge, the stirring of the Spirit, just to stir up the hot coals of your affection and your devotion for Him, if you're longing for a greater influence of the Spirit in your life, I encourage you to do something that responds. Find a place of prayer. Kneel, sit, stand, whatever. But build an altar. I personally know of no greater place to stir up the coals of the influence of the Spirit in my life than to, than to, to build an altar of faith and repentance and consecration. So this morning we do that. Lord, we come to you today, right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, I know I build in my life afresh an altar of devotion to you, of repentance and cleansing and devotion, consecration. Lord, breathe upon the hot coals of my heart and let the fire of your influence burn hotter and brighter and more brilliantly and more lovingly and more courageously and more powerfully and more disciplined in my life. Let the influence of your spirit be so incredibly, increasingly evident. I pray in Jesus' name. And friends, as we lift our voices in song, if you want someone to pray with you, if we can lay hands on you, agree with you in prayer, just kind of come to the front and sort of stand with your hands out like this, and we'll know you would like Lori and myself specifically, Pastor Jay, Pastor Tiff, come pray with you. Come, let's pray together. Let's worship the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. 
We're going to continue to wait upon the Lord here in the front and just make an altar of consecration and wonder and worship. If you need to go, may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May you go today with an ever-increasing awareness of his presence and an increase of his influence in your life. Go fan into flame the gift of God. But Lord, but in these moments, Lord, come and meet with us as we worship. God bless you, friends. Let's pray.